Mondays.quap.com. It's Mondays with your host, Carl Franklin. This is Jeff Maciolik here in the studio with Carl, Rory Blythe, Kirk Webb, Karen Greenwald, Mark Miller, and Richard Campbell announcing show number two with Carl's special guest, Patrick Hines. Hey, don't blame me if it's offensive. I just work here. Mondays is produced by Plop Productions, providing professional audio and podcasting services online at www.pwop.com. And now, the man who's completely up to his armpits in nerd bits, Carl Franklin. What's up, people? And happy good morning to you. Happy good Monday morning to you. My name's Carl Franklin, and... This is what I'm going to do right now. Ah, drinking my uh, coffee out of my Monday's coffee cup. Yes, that's right. Some lucky bastard will win one of these today. Well, tonight. And but before I talk about that, let me introduce the cast of nerds here, starting with Mr. Rory Blythe. Hey, Rory, how are you? Well, okay, hi. Well, okay. He's been patiently waiting for the damn show to start after the technical <laughs> difficulties. Been- I'm, I'm trying to act like... Um- I'm trying to act like a prima donna, um, oh. and uh, I'm just trying to be troublesome. And, and if he, The only reason is because I typically have to leave at about 8 o'clock on Friday nights, and I don't like to think that I might be missing out on 18 minutes of the show. Uh, so Okay. Well, we'll try better next time to, to start on yeah, time. Yeah, we'll try better Yeah, we'll try harder. Time. Harder to start yeah. better. Yeah. So uh, out there in, where is he, in Los Angeles? Mark Miller, you there? I'm here, man. How you doing? On the phone tonight, and uh, Richard Campbell out there in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. Richard, yeah, I'm up here in the cold. In the cold, Kirk, you know, Carl. You say it's tonight, but it's really Monday morning, and I had a hellacious weekend. Well, bef- I want to hear about that, but I'm it not really done introducing sucked, people. Uh, we'll just hold that thought, man, because I know that it's very difficult for you to to not speak when you have something <laughs> on your mind. Uh, Karen Greenwald is here in the yeah. studio. She's got a movie review for us. And Kirk Webb, you out there? Why, yes, I am, Carl. Living in exile in Connecticut after last week's uh, debacle. Well, yes, I, I've <laughs> shut all my windows and doors, spray-painted all, all the glass, and uh, I've got a hat and, and a Groucho Marx outfit going on so no one can recognize me. I don't know if the rest of the guys or the listeners no, certainly don't but know what's going on, but we got a scathing email this morning from somebody who just thought we were sick, sick, sick. <laughs> And uh, that's the best they could do, do, do is six, six, six. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, I got a morality <laughs> lesson. Mm. And uh, you need one. Yeah, I do. Apparently. <laughs> so anyway, we're uh, we'll try we'll try not to offend this person in the, anymore by mm. by try make, the hardest. We've filtered out his IP address, so there's no way he can possibly. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well, anyway. So, so, Mark, you had a hellacious weekend? Oh, yeah. You know, well, I'm, I'm a programmer, so I spent the whole weekend coding. I'm, I'm working on my uh, new product, the uh, 
install buddy. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it, what it does is, is if you want to install software, you just basically right click it and say install. And then it detects, you know, next and, and finish and I agree buttons and it just clicks them all for you and installs for you automatically. <laughs> but I was just having a hellacious time with it. So I'm just, you know, not in a very good mood today. So if you need, uh, if you need this install buddy, why doesn't the, why don't the installers just not prompt you to press the next button nine times? Well, I don't, you know, I don't want you to get that out, you know, because then they will do that. And then, you know, there'll be no market for install buddy. Which would really suck because just as I got it out, everybody would be like, oh, we don't need that anymore. <laughs> so, I totally is don't it, get is this. Is it a dog or is it a cat? <laughs> what? It's, it's, not, it's not a dog or a cat. This is a, this is a software, man. It'll never sell that stupid. If you don't have a mascot, then it's stupid. <laughs> huh. And if it's not a dog or a cat, oh, then it's really now I gotta, dumb. Wait, is this coming from the Microsoft guy? Is this what's going on here? Yeah. All right. This Dark is a guy side. who said uh, right. uh, works for the company that brought us uh, Microsoft Bob, right? Okay. Search dog. All right. So I'll, I'll, work, on, I'll work on the mascot, man. PC. Maybe an emu or something. A ferret. I want That's to good. A ferret. Yeah, a ferret. Yeah. A ferret. Well, Richard, this is your first time on Mondays, um, uh, but you've uh, obviously been a regular on .NET Rocks, so this should be much more fun for you because you actually get to talk a little bit more. I'm already afraid. <laughs> and you know Mark, right? I do know Mark. I've known Mark for a lot of years. I've learned to put Valium in his co coffee. Is that why I'm so calm whenever I'm around you? That's it. I thought it was like an aura thing or something, but it's Valium. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we got a fun show for you today, and uh, we're going to start things off right, like we do every time, with a little section we call News Bites. From mondays.pwop.com, it's News Bites with your host, Carl Franklin. So you're listening to News Bites. This is a, a short synopsis of news for those with nanoscale attention spans. <laughs> and uh, this week in politics, the Bill Clinton Memorial Library opened in Little Rock, Arkansas, to celebrate the life of the 42nd president of the United States. And in the pouring rain, people gathered to listen to former presidents, cabinet members, and friends give their thanks and praise to President Clinton. And his wife, New York Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton, gave him a very short introduction. Although she didn't say much, you can sort of read between the lines to hear what she was really thinking. I have been so patient with my husband, and I'm going to cut Bill's balls off. <laughs> what did she say? Cut Bill's balls off. So what, what does she mean by that? I'm trying to read between the lines. What is she trying to say? She wants to run for office in 2008. President Bush returned to his alma mater this week at Yale University to give the uh, poli-sci students there a lesson in how democracy works. The person who gets elected is chosen by the people. <laughs> He's a brilliant man, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Commander-in-chief. How did yeah. you make him sound so stupid, Carl? Uh, that required absolutely no editing. Right? Really? <laughs> anyway, when asked if he uh, thinks that there will ever be democracy in the Middle East and in Palestine, President Bush offered this hopeful scenario. And uh, one of these days, the people of the, Palestinian, uh, the Palestinians will realize that there is a bright future because freedom is taking hold. 
a future that enables their children to get educated, a future in which they can start their businesses, and a future in which they're certain that the money's going into the treasury of their government is being spent fairly in a transparent way, a future in which corruption is not the norm, a future in which rule of law prevails. Hey, if they can achieve that, I'm moving to Palestine, man. Yeah. I, sounds like a wonderful idea. I, you know, I wish we had that in this country. <laughs> well, anyway. Nice summer vacation spot. Free societies are able societies are able to develop trust between each other. That was one of the favorite clips I had this week. Listen to that again. Free societies are able societies are able to develop trust between <laughs> each other. Free societies are able societies are able to develop trust between Free each societies other. societies are able societies. It's almost musical. If you choose not to be helped, if you decide you don't want a free democratic society, then nothing we can do. Oh my god, I totally know why I voted for him. He had a great beat. The not winged dude. can dance to it. And the reason why I'm so strong on democracy is the not winged dude. <laughs> oh, this is awesome, Carl. The not winged dude. <laughs> People who say democracy is not possible in certain societies. But remember, that was said right after World War II with Japan. And today, one of the people that I work closest with um, is my friend, Prime Minister. Um, Corey, sorry, what the fuck is your name? Karma Sutra, Jesus, what the fuck is his Say it. name? Koizumi. Prime Minister knows Koizumi. He is, uh, he's, he's, he's a good man. The not wing dude. <laughs> and the reason why I'm so strong on democracy is the not wing dude. And the reason why I'm free societies are able societies able to develop trust between them. And the reason why I'm the not wing dude. And the reason why I'm free societies are able societies able to develop trust between each. And the reason why I'm the not wing dude. And the reason why I'm free societies are able societies able to develop trust between That's what, what that's what happens this week in politics, and that's news bites. Oh, Carl, that rock, man! Thank you. I'm I'm sitting here thinking, man, I wish I had had this when I was going to school because I would have paid attention if I had. If this was what my history class was like. <laughs> so, uh, so Rory, was uh, the questions are a little dry tonight, huh? This morning. Yeah, the uh, the the we're having too many like mostly sane people write in for the Ask Rory stuff. Um, and one thing I wanted to do, you know, this is actually a good opportunity to talk about it. Is I thought it would be fun if the occasional person sent in a dream that they wanted analyzed, and oh. I would give it my own little treatment. Okay, I have a so dream. if anybody's listening, you what? I had a dream last night. Do you want to? Well, no, you know, I'm sure you did, but we haven't introduced <laughs> the new segment yet. Okay, so um, wow. I would like to introduce a yeah. new segment. In the future, Ralphs. Yeah. Hey, Roy. Yeah. I, um, I had a dream. Is that well, Mark? Yeah, it's Mark over it's here. It's not I had safe a dream, for man. radio consumption. I guarantee it. So as I was saying, Dude. I was thinking that we could do a segment where I would sort of, you know, like uh, take somebody's dream and I would analyze it and then I, I would turn it around and I would tell you what it means and I would dig out the essence of that thing. I'd find out who you are through those two or three minutes of, you know, strange midnight, you know, images that were put into your head by the sleep dust fairy monster guy. <laughs> 
And of course, you're completely qualified to do that, right? <laughs> well, I, you know, let's look at it on paper. I'm not qualified to do anything. Um, I had a 0.86 GPA in high school, which I never finished. So I'm not really <laughs> supposed to be anywhere at all, you know. But um, but I am happy to take on these responsibilities because I am a martyr and a philanthropist cool. at heart. So I will well, do that. Well, if you have any questions or dreams for Rory Blythe, send those to Rory at neopolian.com and they will be analyzed. Absolutely. That's N-E-O-P-O-L-E-O-N dot com, Neopolian. Hey, Richard. Yeah, man. You uh, had been complaining about not getting guide data for TiVo a while ago, so I know you have a TiVo. TiVo's been in the news this week, haven't they? They have indeed, because, you know, the big thing about TiVo, the whole reason we use PVRs is to skip commercials efficiently. Mm-hmm. And and now what TiVo's done is letting you skip commercials efficiently, but inserting their own commercials. <gasps> so they're actually selling time into the TiVos that they can then list commercials Those from. bastards. That's bullshit. <laughs> ah, that makes sense. Inevitable. I'm getting a lot of that, actually, now. When I check messages there, there's all, hey, Bridget Jones, new diary. I'm like, who gives a shit? But yeah, now it makes sense. Well, the, and this is the, the thing that drives me nuts about this whole thing is they are going to kill the product over it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 I was reading a news piece on it and they were talking about, you know, 5% of households in, in the United States have TiVos now, which is you know not bad at all. But it's sort of a threshold where products take off at 10. It's like the 10% mark. When 10% of households had VCRs all those years ago, the next year was at 20%. You know, it takes five years to get to that first 10 and then it takes off. That's really when every mm. store starts to stock it. Things start to move along. Yeah. All stuff, you know, really rocks. They're doing this too soon. And the consequence is going to be it's going to hurt the product. So you think yeah. they should do this at some point? It's just not right now. Well, yeah, you do it once you have a complete <laughs> lock on the market. Just ask your dark masters about that. Well, yeah, but we've got Windows Media Center, right? And we don't do that with Windows Media Center. So how dark are we? We're offering an alternative that actually has more features, higher quality than TiVo. And, and you can get it now. And you don't have to wait for TiVo to start instituting their own ads into that stuff. So Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. <laughs> you getting a commission now, Rory? Is that it? I'm not, I'm not getting a commission. I'm a stockholder. It's different, right? I mean, I'm kind of getting uh, a commission, I guess, you know, but it's all very indirect. And it's all, I mean, you know, it's all honest, good-hearted advice, you know. It's Richard, what are the alternate technologies out there besides TiVo? I mean, you can get software that does it, but are there any, is there any competition? Yeah, I mean, TiVo is dominant in the market of the of the dedicated devices, and there are a lot of TiVo flavors. Sony makes one, Philips makes one. Da, 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 da. They've done a good job of licensing. In terms of totally ind- independent products, there's Replay TV. Now, I also have a Replay TV because it was easier to hack than the TiVo was. <laughs> <laughs> makes a lot of sense, of course. The problem with Replay TV is they were, originally they were owned by Sonic Blue. Sonic Blue, the derivative company for, uh, of S3. These are the guys who brought you the original Rio. They fought the original court battle over whether MP3 players should be legal or not. And as you may have noticed, they won that one. <laughs> may have well, in, in the Replay TV unit, they had automated television uh, commercial skipping. You didn't have to do a thing. It yeah. would check for the blanking lines. As soon as the screen went black, it would skip to the next black line, which would be the end of the commercials. And this it worked pretty good. But, of course, the networks went crazy for that. And off they went to another round of lawsuits and eventually ran out of money. Now, uh, Replay TV was bought up by Marantz, and so it's Marantz who's released it, and they've made a new version of the unit, which, oddly enough, doesn't have automated commercial skipping. Now, Rory, the uh, Windows XP Media Center Edition, which I actually have at home, has TiVo-like stuff in it, right? Yeah, and a whole lot more, man. (laughs) 
Christ. You know, the funny thing <laughs> is, I know you really don't give a shit. That's the funny no, thing. No, I actually do. In fact, I was asking some guys the other day at one of my events, MSDN events, msdnevents.com, and... Uh, and uh, I was saying, so like, what's the deal with with these uh, person with these digital video recorder things right now? Like, what do I need to get? And we had the big discussion about TiVo versus this versus that. And I had Microsoft guys saying to me, you know, if all you really want is is a DVR, then yeah, TiVo is great. But if what you really want is something nice and sort of like a nice jukebox you can hook into your entire house and your whole system and automate the hell out of everything and do slideshows and picture shows and movies and copy things from Windows Media Center to your personal Windows Media Center, do I sound like a shill right now? I just I just want to check. I yeah. mean, am I going overboard? Wait, what was the website? Again? <laughs> I'm waiting for you to say now. Drink this Kool Aid. Yeah. <laughs> Come back to well, us. Actually, Rory. inject this Kool Aid. It's it, there's no drinking involved. It's we've got Kool Aid suppositories and injections and things like that that'll just get right in there. We don't wait for you to voluntarily do this stuff. But like no, Windows, but Windows Media Center actually is pretty cool. That the the problem with it is that you got to buy the hardware, right? Yeah. And so you're going to wind up spending a couple hundred bucks on TiVo, but at the low end you'll spend about nine nine hundred to a thousand on a Windows Media Center edition box. So that does suck. And I'd like to see us get the prices down there. Well, it's computer-based, so it requires a computer. Well, yeah, sure. But so is the TiVo. All these things are computer-based. So why can't we get the same cheap-ass parts and do a, do a highly specialized you know, product? I right? mean, PC-based, dude. <laughs> well, of course, but so is the TiVo. I mean, ultimately, these things are, you know, it's what? the same components that make up your PC. You just don't use them in the same way. No, the TiVo but- is, a, is a box, isn't it? Yeah, but it's got a processor and a hard drive and an operating system just like a PC. Yeah, it's just that it's an ARM processor instead of an Intel processor. It's a $300 box, though. 150 after rebate. The Xbox is a $300 box, so, or at least it was. Now it's a $200 box, and okay. it's a P3, like 750 or whatever it is, with, with an NVIDIA right. card and a hard drive, and you can run Linux on the thing if uh, you want yeah, to. But and if one that's, whole game. Yeah, but that's if you're Jeff Maciolik, right? If you're a normal person, you're not going to use that Xbox as a computer. No, but you, but, but you, you can. And the point is that the thing is essentially a PC. <laughs> and it's the same deal. Why can't, why can't we get Windows man. Media Center? Why can't we get Windows Media Center running on a highly specialized piece of hardware like the Xbox? Why can't we sell something that has the Xbox hardware specs, which are per- perfectly good enough, but running a scaled down version of Windows Media Center? We don't need to give people the full XP, com- like, uh, uh, line of capabilities i think that i think that having a microsoft employee saying good things about uh about you know how great it is that you can run linux on the xbox even though microsoft has fought kicking and screaming at every step of the way to prevent people from allowing you to use your xbox for anything are you my mom are you my mom i'm not (laughs) your mom but the thing is you know you're saying well gee you know wouldn't it be great if we did all this interoperability stuff but you know a lot of companies don't want to do that kind of stuff because it hurts their business are you you my manager are you my mom rory's got a manager? How come I don't have a manager? Do you send my checks? Carl, you said I didn't need a manager. Because nobody, you're unmanageable, Mark. That's why you're totally unfreaking manageable. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got my uh, I got my Xbox, you know, running on 120 gig hard drive and playing video off the network and acting, you know, almost like a TiVo and and running Linux. But you know what? I know how to use a soldering iron and I can run FTP servers and shit. You know, this isn't <laughs> this isn't like you know your mom and dad are gonna get your Xbox running Linux. It's just not. Gonna That's happen. the point. We need to make it so that my mom and dad can get their well, not not get their Xboxes running. Linux because as a stockholder I don't want that (laughs) what we need to have is a nice 
compact hardware platform that we can run Windows Media Center on that would be like the Xbox that we can sell um, cheap off the shelf and, and send people home to use. We shouldn't have to have people uh, use a, a whole PC. He, Rory does raise a good point. And you know what? There up are your ass, boxes. <laughs> no, there are boxes out there that are relatively inexpensive. You're talking $450 complete computer systems, maybe $500 complete computer systems that are running like, you know, P4 Celeron grade chips that have TV tuners and, and stuff like that. It does exist, but he's right. It has it. They're still selling them as PCs that you can stick video cards in, which is totally unnecessary. Well, Rory, you said you made a point. Why, you know, why doesn't Microsoft do all this stuff with the Xbox with a $300 unit or whatever? And the reason is they're losing money on Xbox. Right. They make their money back by selling the games, right? They're, there's going to be licensing issues and, and, you know, selling SDKs, doing all this other stuff that's going to make the money back. But in, in the world of, of the whole DVR thing, if you can do a $200 TiVo box, you can do a $200 Windows Media Center box. I guarantee it. You don't need to have as high-end a video card for one well, thing. Well, as, as, as long as you're willing to port Windows Media Center to a non-X86 platform, Intel isn't selling X86-compatible chips at an integratable price point. Are we on .NET rocks? <laughs> We're not talking about .NET. What are yeah. you talking about? Well, we don't know, but I mean... Obviously, you don't know, so, you know, that's okay. Man, kids... Hey, I'm not the I'm not the girl who rejected you in high school. Back off with the anger. Ouch! <laughs> you go, girl. I did not get rejected in high school. Hey, I'm not the girl who rejected you either. You've been chewing out Rory. What? You've been chewing out Rory, so I'm chewing you out. Why don't you take no. a taste of your own medicine here? Oh Come on. Goodness. Hey, shove it up your wow. ass, Jeff. No, no, right. no, 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 no. All I, did, I told Rory I had a dream. I shared with him my yeah, innermost I hear, dream. I want to hear the dream. Oh, no, because Rory was all, I don't care. I'm sure you did. <laughs> <laughs> he was all up in me about that, and there's no way I'm going. <laughs> I was up in you about that? How was that? I guess that's not what I meant to let's, say. Let's not, let's not go Man, there. Six, feel six, six. the love. <laughs> We call this show Mondays for a reason. <laughs> Welcome to Five Nerds Try to Talk. Yeah. All right. I'll mute my I'll mute my microphone now, so Rory can you know go off and believe that Microsoft is going to do what's good for the world. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Hey, he's a mover and a shaker. Don't let anybody ever tell you different. This isn't about what's good. This is about what's going to make my stock you know price go up. Okay. Ah, I see. Yeah, and I I doubt that they're going to do that on a three hundred dollar box. I don't know. That they lose money on. Yeah. Yep. Not going to happen. Is TiVo so. losing money? No. No, no. Well, you know what? TiVo's never been profitable. They were predicting their first profitable quarter in 2006. So we don't have a lot to live up to. I mean, we could sell the box <laughs> for 300 bucks, and we're still competing, right? Yeah. 150 after rebate, apparently. Yeah. The competition to lose money. Excellent. So, Mar- Mark, um, tell, me, tell me about this idea you had for a bit for the show. Oh uh, yeah, I was, uh, I was thinking about a repeating segment called uh, "People Dumber Than You." Okay, hmm. and the so, idea is, well, you know, I figure Carl it's, we, what other kind of people are there really? Well, the thing is, I, I figure it's kind of a public service thing because you know we're surrounded by really smart people, and I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, looking for that evidence of somebody dumber than them. And just look to Congress, <laughs> look to the White House. <laughs> well, I, I was feeling there was a need for the show, so you know, for the segment. But maybe you know, mm-hmm. maybe maybe guys, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we don't need to know about this. But I know I'm surrounded by really smart guys, and I'm like you know, desperately trying to find somebody dumber than me. <laughs> okay. And I just think there are a lot of people like me, right? You're probably right. Like yeah. you guys are I'm all thinking the you, same Mark. thing, right? <laughs> I'm dumber than most people. Just give me a call. Well, there you go. Kirk's volunteering, so you're off the hook. 
I'm dumber than most. So anyway, I was <laughs> just ask me. I was thinking about that, and I was uh, you know my source, of course, is is, is going to be the news on this. And there were a couple that stood out this week. Uh, one of the uh, ones that got uh, more attention is this ten uh, year old grilled cheese sandwich that went on eBay for about twenty eight thousand dollars. <laughs> Did you guys hear about this? What? It didn't sprout a spore of mold. I swear. Yes, what? <laughs> isn't that amazing? So it's like I love that. So either they use Wonder Bread or it's the real thing. I, yeah. I didn't hear about this. Oh, Tell oh, me yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, well, it, it had the image. It was bearing the image of the Virgin Mary. Uh, Grilled right in. It was a simulacra. Oh, yeah, the toast. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And and, uh, and that big word that Rory said, which uh, means big things. But, uh, uh, yeah, the essence of it is actually it's a, it's a pretty dang good image. I thought it looked a little bit more like Fay Ray, but, you know, not as many people are going go to go to a Fay Ray sandwich. All right, so... So the story is, and I'm, I haven't heard this, so I want sure, to get sure, it straight. Sure, sure, Well, basically the story is, is this woman made this sandwich about 10 years ago. She took a okay. bite of it, took a look at it, and said, holy crap, it's the Virgin Mary, staring right back yeah. at her. And if you look at the picture on eBay, um, I'll get you guys the link at the end of the show. Uh, if you look at the picture on eBay, it's it's a pretty stunning, <laughs> uh, amazing-looking uh, picture. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, like I said, I, I wouldn't, you know, say it's necessarily. eBay, so she's selling it? She well, tried to, but eBay well, she, yanked she it. Kept it. She kept it under she's her, doing her it again, pillow, though. I guess, she... in a plastic box for like 10 years. <laughs> and, and, and On her nightstand. Arthur's yeah. saying 15 no, years. No, no, 10 years. But... She made it 10 years ago. Okay. Look, man, I'm not on trial. Look, I'm just telling you what I found. Okay, all right. I'm just <laughs> sorry. Duke it so out. So she, she's, she's kept this around, and I guess she brings it with her wherever she goes, you know, like when she goes gambling. And she's, she says she's won $70,000 on different occasions of the casino house nearby and she can sew the receipts oh. to the highest bidder so uh that's what she says wow so and it's all because of the sandwich well evidently yeah now i'm not sure but i i think that because of this like the local casinos don't let her bring the sandwich with her anymore when she goes <laughs> we're shaking you down for the merry toast yeah so so anyway you know and i'm not sure if this really you know i'm not sure if she really strikes you know falls in the category of people dumber than you but she, you know, anybody that buys that sandwich, she's one seventy yeah, twenty thousand man. <laughs> she's it's got to be one hell of a me. fucking sandwich, man, for twenty eight thousand. It better taste damn good. I mean, I wouldn't eat the, you know, if I was hungry, I'd eat around. Don't I'd eat, eat the, around Mary the Virgin part. Mary part, but I'd save that just in case. <laughs> Now, you know there was a follow-up to this, that eBay, after all the press came out, backed off on it, not realizing this was actually right, a religious right. artifact, and allowed her to list it yes, and right. sell it. What's the highest bid? Has it gone? Is it? You know, I'm sold? not sure if it is or not. I'm not, you know, not a fucking newsman. Stop asking me follow-up questions. 20,000. <laughs> what the fuck? I've got the word here that it's 20,000. Wow. So anyway, we don't know. The snack has attracted a bid thought to be a hoax of $99.9 million. <laughs> so, so that was one of them. The other one that, I, that uh, uh, appealed to me is uh, uh, Dateline uh, Florence, Italy. Uh, man decides to move, it's time to move out. He's sick of living with his mother. And uh, uh, this is a story about a 26-year-old Italian guy who was arrested uh, after hurling a rock at a police car and smashing one of his windows. Uh, the incident took place after police were asked to break up a family squabble between a woman and her son. Uh, the son's identified only by his initials uh, G.F. And uh, when the police arrived, G.F. asked the officers to take him to prison, saying he could no longer stand living with his mother. But when police mm. refused to arrest him, he proceeded to smash their car window with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> so Take me I, to jail, I, please. I, I like this guy. I mean, he's, you know, I mean, a lot of people in a desperate situation, they just continue to live with their mom. Right, Richard? 
Ouch. But, <laughs> yeah, I've been living with your mom for a long time, Mark. Woo-hoo! Yeah, Good really. comeback, Rich. You get him. Oh, man. All right. So, so, Angry Monday. So those are like samples of what I thought I'd, you know, throw in. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like it's going to be a good bit. All right. So we can, you know, we don't have to call it people dumber than you. We can call it something else like, you know, idiots on parade or sure. something fun. Or whatever. Something fun. I'm not the marketing guy. I don't know. I, I think that idiots? woman with the sandwich is actually pretty smart. If yeah. She's, you know, if, if, if I, I could, could. Yeah, exactly. Right. If, if I could pull down 70000 from my grilled cheese, I wouldn't have eaten it this afternoon. Totally. Holy crap. I'm I headed mean, to the kitchen right now, man. <laughs> well, you know <laughs> what, what, you, you guys. There's a uh, there is a technology out there. I am not kidding. That lets you print on um, on a piece of bread. It's a grill that you can like put a certain piece yeah. of sheet metal in, and it'll darken and blacken the different parts of the bread in different ways. And I, I doubt this technology existed ten they years ago. Do it ago. at Disney with oh, Mickey. I, oh, wow. yeah, I don't know how much wow, I get on eBay for this, but so I do have a, a McGriddle sandwich with an M on it. <laughs> so I've been keeping that under my pillow. I need to get a plastic box, so it's been a couple of weeks, and, 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 and there is a little bit of mold on it. But I'm picking that up. Oh, forget it. Kirk just uh, sent me a link to it. It's shrinkster.com/2a2, and the story says, "Woman blessed by the holy holy toast." <laughs> love that. I love it. And it actually does look pretty good. I mean, it- yeah, so, uh, one of the our Laura listeners actually sent this to me on the on the weird. Uh- at franklins.net although it sort of it sort of looks like a porcelain doll head you know it doesn't it's pretty creepy it is very creepy and your mind really fills in a lot of detail it's really awesome (laughs) so i go to ebay and i search on grilled cheese and apparently there's 271 grilled cheese sandwiches for sale on ebay now (laughs) oh my god (laughs) dude i would i'd try it see what you get it's like that giant freakish cheeto the text you want to put on there is no this is the real virgin mary this is the one you yeah. want to bid the twenty. You know, opening <laughs> bid twenty six thousand. Don't be fooled They're by right. cheap imitations. <laughs> They're not virgins. Right. That's just Mary. <laughs> There's also a guy selling Virgin Mary Grilled Cheese dot net domain name for fifty five thousand oh, dollars. Wow. Yeah, if I was that guy, after I sold it, I'd go back to this chick and I go, oh, "I made more than you. I got the domain name." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mark, that might be a good uh, segment for you to do, you know, dumb shit sold on eBay. Just, yeah, okay. We'll see. You know? We'll see. But, you know, the problem with that is is that I start, you know, I start looking at the stuff and I'll start putting bids on stuff that I like. You'd <laughs> yeah. be broke. And you'd be like, who bought that one, Mark? And I'll be like, uh, I did. Actually, actually, after uh, Kirk goes to hell for doing his uh, divine interventions thing and <laughs> and he no longer is doing the weird <laughs> wide web, uh, he might find himself doing that bit. Uh-huh. But, yeah, okay. Of course, oh, I'm going to spend all my money on the eBay stuff and live in a van down by the river. By the river! <laughs> Eating government cheese. Mmm, <laughs> government cheese. Hey, well, you know what? I really want to hear uh, Karen's movie review. Sounds good. So you got you did watch a movie this week, right? <laughs> I did. <laughs> in I went the theater? To, <laughs> I did. I went to the theater, and I was going to watch. I was going to see Motorcycle Diaries. Okay. But. I could like shave 15 minutes off my time had I gone to see Ray, which oh, I know yeah, is kind yeah, of an yeah. old release, but I went to see it anyway. Oh, cool. Oh, I'm really interested to hear what you say. So, here's what. Do you mean shave 15 minutes off the actual movie review no, time? No, no, no. Because I, okay, okay. movie I got movie there at 7 o'clock, sure. and Ray was starting at 7 o'clock, and Motorcycle Diaries, or yeah, it was starting at 7.15. Ah. So I could have loitered for 15 minutes, or I could have watched Ray, and I figured, huh, I watch Ray. So. Ray is a movie based on the life story of Ray Charles, directed by Taylor Hackford and Jamie Foxx and Regina King, star in it. 
And viewers will probably link this epic biography about a black icon to Ali, the story of Muhammad Ali. But um, And actually, they probably would link this movie also to um, What's Love Got to Do With It and also Grace of My Heart and uh, – oh, and Train Spotting. Because <laughs> the movie reminds you of a lot of other movies because it, it pretty much relies solely on cliches found in other movies. Mm-hmm. And it read to me a little bit like a clip show – like a little montage of musician movies, black guy movies, because it, it has everything from like the scene in the recording studio with all the square white guys conspiratorially like thumbing, giving each other a thumbs up and mm. smiling like, oh, this is going to change the world, you know, as they, they have their headphones on to whatever he's playing. And which, according to the movie, Ray Charles changes the world like every five minutes. But um, and it also has the the black mother cliche of like, your mama didn't raise no fool. And and she's going on and, and, the, and it definitely descends at the end of it into this total camp complete with psychedelic drug rehab freak out. Um, but that, that that being said, it was a good movie. <laughs> it has all of Ray Charles's original movie. It's not mm-hmm. Jamie Foxx, you know. Yep. Um. It's not Jamie Foxx. And his Ray Charles, his music is so spiritual and visceral, and it has that Harlem Renaissance vivid scenery and shake-your-ass dance scenes. Yeah. It was it was total joy to watch. So And the performances, um, the, 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 the scenes where the performances are are like a, a killer video. They were yeah. so good. And the acting is um, standout. Apart, ballsy, great acting. Regina mm. King as Margie Hendricks, the Raylette who let Ray and had his bastard son. She was impossible <laughs> to, to not watch when she was on the screen. It was like mm-hmm. she was in, uh, totally effervescent. Um, and then Jamie Foxx, his Ray Charles was the best that I could possibly imagine anyone being Ray wow. Charles. He was so good. Um, and although the voice he used was sometimes crept a little into this like Hannibal Lecter mellow drone, <laughs> it kind of creeped me out. But Hello, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. The acting is the kind that well, made Ray, you think. Ray kind of talked like that too, a little right? Bit. Yeah. He did. I mean, all right, I did yeah. That. Very, very real city girl. That's right. Yeah, city yeah. Girl. <laughs> it's like yeah, it was bordered on the creepy, but um, it it did make you think in the end that the acting was so good that it made you think that this is the part that Jamie Foxx was born to play. Yeah. Um, nice. Jamie, 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 you've come a long way since booty call. <laughs> That's funny. Well, I heard he had his eyes poked out for that role. Is that right? <laughs> he wanted to get into character. It's all about being a method method actor. We'll see in the next movie. He, al- he also plays keyboards. Did he play on the – did he play in the, any of the tunes? I mean he was – I don't know. I don't know if yeah. – no, I mean they were all Ray Charles tracks. So oh, they were? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were. It says at the beginning. Okay. So, But when they, they showed his hands on yeah, the piano, they showed it looked his hands pretty on the good, piano. right? Yeah, it looked pretty good. The whole thing looked pretty good. The performance scenes looked great. Hmm. And I, I don't know. I mean I think it was filled with cliches, but I think that the acting was worth it enough. All in all, I would say don't not go see it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Don't, don't not okay. don't avoid don't it because not go see it. don't like avoid it because you theater. think it's cliche right right because yeah. and it was I mean there were definitely parts but the, mm. just for the music video scenes it's worth going to say cool that's it awesome yeah <laughs> thanks Karen what do you have uh, what do you think you're gonna go see next week I was gonna go see actually well either the Spongebob movie <laughs> yeah 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 baby <laughs> or Motorcycle Diaries I don't know do you have okay. a request 
Yeah, SpongeBob, man. I want to hear about SpongeBob. All I'm right. gonna, I'll see it too, man. If, all right. If you want to see Motorcycle Diaries, I'll end up. I can review uh, the other one. Well, I, I won't really review, but I can. <laughs> I can tell you how good it is. Cool. I don't know though. I have to say, I'm not a fan of SpongeBob. Well, yeah, but yeah. but you're but you you're not really going for SpongeBob. You're going for you know Patrick Starr. And Squidworks and uh, and uh, Mr. Krabs. I'm hoping that I get it. Is there maybe I just haven't seen the funniest episodes? You bring your son with you, then he can sort of tell you. If he's it was seeing it you. even as we hey, speak. Hey, everybody, everybody, can I interrupt for just a brief moment? Sure, man. Um, I'm kind of tired tonight, and um, I'm gonna go. A beautiful woman just walked in the door, and I'm gonna go lick her stomach. Okay, so it yeah. was it was fun. Um, okay, so bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, Mark. Okay, Rory here again. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to kick some ass. Let me tell you what I really think about my company I work for, Microsoft. Now that I'm gone. I mean, Mark's gone. Uh, kidding. Oh, jeez. Well, let me tell you what I think about my boss. Well, if you were listening to last week's show, you heard the band Awake, which is an indie band from Philadelphia. That's one of the things we like to do on Mondays. And, you know, when we started the show, we said we were going to do this have independent bands that we that you probably never heard before and just give them a you know give them a showcase place to uh place to be heard and so this week the band is called the Illuminati they're from Ontario Canada and they play all over Ontario and New Brunswick and uh and uh, Montreal and uh Nova Scotia and uh we're going to listen to this tune right now uh on borrowed time and you can check them out at theilluminati.net. Here they are, the Illuminati.
And that was the Illuminati with On Borrowed Time. And you can check them out at www.theilluminati.net. That's T-H-E-I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-I dot net. Well, my special guest today is Pat Hines. And uh, he was the first guest on .NET Rocks, which was the first radio show, internet radio show, whatever you want to call this thing, (laughs) uh, that we did back in August of 2002. And yes, he is a programmer like the rest of us, but that doesn't matter, even if you're not a programmer. He's a great guy and uh, has a lot of interesting ideas and uh, spent many, many an evening with him up in Boston quaffing Guinness in some pub somewhere after a developer conference or whatever we were doing. Uh, would you please welcome Patrick Hines? Hey, Pat, how are you? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm glad you're here. Well, first of all, what you been up to up in uh, New Hampshire? What's new? Oh, I've been setting the woods on fire. Cool. Things like that. <laughs> You've been using. I actually, I actually had a big bonfire last night and burned away a lot of uh, oh. a lot of stuff. The image that immediately came to mind was that flamethrower that Richard was talking about a few months ago. <laughs> so no, I, I didn't use any flamethrowers, but yeah. You know, it's nice up here. I'm out in the middle of uh, nowhere, kind of. Yeah. Well, I was talking with some students in my class this week who are from CarMax, and they have a great uh, website where you can buy cars. They're not actually a broker for cars like eBay is, you know, the broker. But they actually have dealerships all over the United States, and they have – everything's totally automated. So – so you find a car, and then you go to the lot, and you print it out, and with barcodes, you know, they – they scan the lots with barcodes and and tell which cars are in, which cars are out, and everything goes right to the web. That's cool. <clears throat> yeah, it's very cool. So so they're they're going .net, and uh, I've been training them quite a bit. So I asked them at lunch the other day if uh, any of them had any experience with outsourcing. Have you guys had a any sort of outsourcing done at CarMax? Have you been? Not really, no. Circuit City. Yeah, Circuit City? Circuit City. Is there a four-way yeah. split? Oh, okay. So, um, do you think it's going to happen? You think that was, are you concerned about it? Nah. Not quite yet. Yeah. They tried it a long time ago. Like, I think you were around when they tried it, and it just didn't really work. Um, yeah, that's true. We did. They hired a consulting company to do some of the work, and the company was in India. And yeah. It just didn't work, work as they work. expected. What was the, uh, what happened? I think they just, they code too literally. Like, they don't take any of the analysis in. Yeah. Like you have to be very, very specific yeah. to get the results to come back the way you want. Yeah, you know, I've heard that. I've heard that's true. Were, were, were you involved in any of it? Or? No, this was before my time. It was back in the early days. Really? Wow. So what do you think about that? So that's actually a common re, you know, recourse. And also, there's a, there's a whole bunch of things that are affecting outsourcing right now. I actually just talked to somebody at Information Week about some of these same things. Um, the first thing is what you what they mentioned, which is the, the the way things are understood and the way the laws work in India, for example. If if the developers in India make a mistake and they misinterpret, mm-hmm. you're still under their law liable for the payment, up to and including them seek you know coding it against the wrong database backend, even if it's speculated stipulated in the in the spec. Yeah. 
And so I've actually seen examples where an entire system was developed under the wrong premise and the wrong technology. And, you know, the, basically the company's insisting you have to pay us and then we'll fix it. And you pay for the new fix, too. Screw that. Yeah, that's, it's, yeah. it's kind of insane. But, but the laws are very diverse around the world. Hmm. And the, the technology laws that we have in this country are meant to protect our industry and people's rights and business and, right. and companies that primarily do development as outsourcing have developed laws that do the same for them, but, but don't necessarily protect us. So that's is, one problem. Is the money that these companies are saving really worth it to the point that they can take that kind of risk in a production sense? I mean, I, I, there's no way – even the thought of that would, 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 would scare me to death. So it's, it's kind of like session state and, and – and Carl, you got an analogy coming on. Um, and, and remember that most of the listeners aren't going to know what that is. So an analogy? No, no. <laughs> session <laughs> state. So, so somebody. I had a student once. Um, I was speaking at a, a .dot net. Actually, it was just a user group on. I was talking about ASP back in the classic ASP days before .dot net came out. And I mentioned something about session state, and a guy practically stood up and he didn't shout it, but but he said, "But I thought session state was bad." And I said, "Well, right. you know." There are no bad tools, except maybe the chainsaw that was used in the chainsaw massacre. But, but tools are just tools, and, and and methods of getting things done are just methods of getting things done. If there are some developers that I've had working for me, you know, here in the states in the same building, and I wouldn't give them code to develop that I would put in a production system. Yeah. Um, the same. You have to figure out what you trust to an offshore unit and what you don't. And what I'm finding increasingly is when companies do that analysis, they find out that they really trust the things that will be automated in the next round to offshore development. Mm. So offshore development does well repetitive tasks that are going to be pretty much eliminated in the next round, and that'll always be the case. Do you think that this is something that's particular to software development? I mean, obviously outsourcing is an issue that affects every sector. I mean, Karen was talking about Walmart, that in order to get some th- a product on the shelf in Walmart, you, the manufacturers have to have manufacturing in China so that they can get their costs down. Well, so I, I've had this argument with my parents. Um, you said I'm a libertarian. I'm, I'm a, an Eisenhower Republican or a libertarian, depending on your look, how you look at it. Um, my parents' generation would like to see the U.S. making knives and shirts and buttons and all the things that we used to make. But the economics don't work anymore because unless every American a- agrees to pay three times as much for a knife that's not as good, right, it's right. not going to work. And we tried it with cars. I buy American cars. I'm, you know, I go out of my way to buy an American car whenever I can. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm in the minority. So that means the car market is very competitive. We probably have better cars as a result of that. But it means that what we're what a lot of people would hope would happen is not possible because of their own actions. If, if I'm going to pay somebody $20 an hour, which is a nice, good wage, then they've got to make a whole bunch of knives real fast for me to sell a knife for, for 10 bucks. Think about all those knives you would have. That's right. You have great, great knives. But, I mean, it's, it's that way with everything. We're, we don't make shirts in the United States anymore, really, mm-hmm. that much. I'm sure somebody will call in and say, you know, I make shirts and don't rain on my parade. But, but ultimately, we don't make shirts in this country anymore because manual labor is intensive on manufacture of shirts, and manual labor is very expensive in the United States. So yeah. we need to be on the cutting edge of technology, and we always will have to be 
on the cutting edge of technology, and that means that people have to continuously retrain themselves. We're software developers, most of the people by profession. I know you are, I am, Robert is, etc. So we're used to having to relearn everything every couple of years. And, and um, the whole country has to kind of get in that mindset. Yeah. And it's that flexibility that's kept us at the top of the economic food chain for so many years. It's, it's hard to think of America at the top of the economic food chain when all the jobs are being lost. And we're borrowing billions from China and other countries. Well, so where would you rather live? Of course, I know. It's just New Zealand. This... New Zealand sounds good. But we are. I, I had a soldier that served under me in Germany and also was with me in the Gulf War. And a uh, young kid, probably 19 years old, and uh, he said, well, you know, we won the Second World War. Everything should be free for us. <laughs> Americans in Germany, we sh- it should all just be free because we won the war. And yeah. It's, it's a common sentiment. We've controlled over 50% of the trade in the world for a long time. And, yeah. and we don't produce 50% of the goods. We don't have 50% of the oil. We don't have... We have, you know, the best military and a whole bunch of other things going for us. But the big thing that helped us do that was the fact that we weren't decimated at home during Second World War. Yeah. And the rest of the world was. And so one of the things we have to do is make sure we don't get so cocky that we lose the advantage that World War II gave us and, say, and think that we, we have the advantage that we have today because we're inherently better than everyone else. We have to prove that we're better than everybody else by making something of the advantage we already have. Right. So now, it's it's time to uh, it's time to not expect you know it's about expectations, isn't it, right? So because like in the in the 50s, 60s, 70s and I would say even up to the 80s it was common thought that, you know, you go to work for a large company like IBM or something and it's a good job. You know, it's a job that you'll have for the rest of your life and blah 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 because all these guys who had jobs in the 40s and 50s you know, they had their careers all their life and then they retired and, oh, so this is how it works, right? But, you know, my thought is, man, I, I, I don't want to work for a big company. Those are the, some of the most volatile jobs that you have. I want to work for a small company where, you know, you get to do more, you, you're, you matter more to, to the bottom line and, and you, you know, you may work harder, you may work longer hours, but you sort of make your own wealth, right? I remember in 1972, I believe, my parent, my mother coming home um, and complaining about them not being able to keep the phone company from automating and eliminating like 30 clerk jobs because of these computers. So, so you're, you're right. It's been, it was slower back then, but it was still going on, and it's going to go on faster in industries like ours. It, it doesn't happen so fast in um, you know, the trades. I mean, most people, we don't have robotic carpenters anymore uh, yet. Uh, we don't have people who can do plumbing and electrical right. um, for cheaper. You can't, you can't outsource that to, you know, any place outside the con- country. So there's still a lot of trade jobs that you can still do that. You can become one, work probably for the rest of your life, and have no fear of losing the job. Um, it's the very high-paid jobs, like the, the, the technical researcher. Um, and specifically the computer scientists. I mean, there was a time back in the early days when you could make a really good buck making network cable right. for a major company because yeah. you couldn't buy network cable already already um, with ends on it. Right. You could buy the raw cable and you had to put you had to um, make your own cables. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you can buy them at Walmart. 
so that job is no longer in existence. Those IT infrastructure guys made a killing in the 90s. And, and then you know, they got killed. 70000 bucks a year kind of stuff. And then they got, you know, now it's a $20,000 a year job. Right. But, but there was also, I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunities. And we're talking about technology mostly right now. Yeah, there's a lot of manufacturing, but that's been going on for a long time. When we talk about technology, I see a lot of opportunities in technology space. Um, speech servers. That, that, yeah. that technology is just coming to fruition. There's a lot of interest. In, there's a lot of, you know, cutting-edge stuff there. Right. There's, there's almost no expertise in it. Right. Um, security. I mean, yeah. I'm in the security business, and it's huge because it, it's where all the action is. Everybody, right. it's what's been ignored for a long time. Um, mm. Man-machine interface is really where it's going to take off. Yeah. Think about how many systems you've seen developed that just weren't really usable by a human. Maybe we can start spending some of this time developing systems that actually make people more efficient and don't require our accountants to be computer experts. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid of outsourcing. I worry about trying to, trying to deal with outsourcing by trying to slow it down. Yeah. What we should sure. do is try to speed up the thing that's going to replace the jobs. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There's too much, uh, you know, prom- there was, there was a lot of bullshit in this last election in terms of, politicians promising the jobs coming back and yeah. i don't think those jobs are ever coming back i think they're they're going to be new jobs you know we'll create new jobs but uh in new sectors and in new, new sectors areas yeah. yeah i mean biotech's already coming big and 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 remember economies are really a conceptual thing if if i if we decide tomorrow that you know rose quartz is worth five hundred dollars an ounce then it is right if people are willing to pay it so if the next thing that people want to pay for is, and they're willing to pay more for, is entertainment. Well, then, guess what? The right thing to do is to start your juggling act, like Randy. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right. right. And if you got you know, all those extra knives, you could juggle knives. <laughs> Maybe chainsaws. I actually juggled knives when I was uh, in school. I was, you know, working on my plan for after I broke out of school and escaped, and you know, was able to, you know, I needed a way to make money, so I was practicing with knives, but I. You know, ended up having a lot of band-aids on my hands. Yeah, is that why they call you lefty? <laughs> no, no. It's a, actually there's a different reason for that, but I don't want to get into it. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for bringing the levity back, Mark. I appreciate it. No problem, man. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's a it's a it's a tough conversation because so many people have been affected by it. And we feel right. very strongly about it. Yeah, a lot of them do. Everybody should. They, everybody has their opinion. If if my job were eliminated tomorrow, I wouldn't be thrilled about it. But but there's really nothing anybody, I mean, like, like Carl said, it's bullshit. The, the politicians can't undo it unless they just call in protectionism and tariffs, and that, that'll trickle down to everything. Yeah, you don't want that. The, the emphasis on education and, and retraining is, is correct is the way to go. I mean, you can slow down the rate if you can, but you just can't piss off you get the other countries we have trades with, with that kind of stuff. So You know what I'm pissed off about, What's about that? the politicians? Is the fact that we're at war. You know, I don't, I don't care that they called the war over. I've been there before. It's not over. Yeah. But, but we're at war, and nobody is telling the American people how they can help by cutting down on their oil consumption. Right now, I think it's a half a trillion dollars a year of our trade deficit is oil. Yeah. And if we could just get people to, you know, carpool a little bit more. Or contrast that with World War II, right, where it was all about doing your, your, your piece for, for the yeah. – Cost. Turning in aluminum pots, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If if we just concentrated on getting people to economize, Should I think my... it's patriotic nowadays to buy a hybrid. 
Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's you know, it's a great point. I, I'm conserving my flu shots. That's about the only thing I'm doing for my country right now. <laughs> you know, Pat, <laughs> I, I want to bring something up. You said that you think that it's patriotic to buy uh, to buy a hybrid these days. The way the advertisements that that most car companies are putting out, they're actually making it seem somewhat unpatriotic to not buy an SUV. Yeah, I they're, agree. They're, you know, yeah. people are really pushing the SUV thing. Yeah, I, I think it maybe it's not quite as aggressive as it was maybe a year and a half ago, but. I, I may actually start a website around these because in the aftermath of 9-11, I was looking for ways that people could, you know, help even through moral acts of trying to take care of their health a little bit more just to piss off bin Laden, that kind of thing. And, mm. and I really have come to the conclusion that the only thing a patriotic American can do in this day and age other than, you know, volunteer to go join the military is to conserve gas and oil so that we lose our dependence on foreign oil. And we can have them have so little effect on our policies that, that we can just ignore. It seems that, you know, there, there's there's confusion about what we're doing in the Middle East. And frankly, you know, without even getting into the question of what we're doing in the Middle East and whether or not oil is involved, if we didn't have a big financial investment in what happens in the Middle East any more than we do in any other country in the world, then the issue would become less complex, I think, mm. for a lot of people. And it would really make things better. But. It would certainly make it less complex. It might also change the, our, our underlying mechanism. One of the things that we can't do right now is embargo. We can't, we can't embargo yeah. any of the countries in the Middle East because our oil prices will shoot through the roof and we, we yeah. can't live on what we make. They you know, got us by the cojones. You know, I don't, I don't mind. My car gets like 36 or 37 miles to the gallon. I don't care if I have to pay six or seven bucks a gallon. You I'd be fine with that. Bastard. Well, you know, but that affects the whole economy. I mean, the price oh, yeah. of oil is shipping elect and electricity and, and shipping. Yeah, electricity. Yeah. I, I would like to everybody in America to just go a day without electricity and see what that's <laughs> like, you know? I threaten my kids with that all the time. Yeah. I'm going to shut off the microphone right now, man. Just I was say, you teach me how to program without electricity and I'll, uh, I'll get right on it. You know, when when the when the power goes out in our in our office, man, we're, we're just screwed. We're just yeah, totally. You, you noticed our jobs aren't all that interesting without electrons? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the sun makes electrons. I can get a solar-powered notebook. You know, I think life would be a whole lot more interesting without electrons because everything would just sort of go pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it all condensed into the big crunch again? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, let's see. If there weren't electrons, everything would be would be would have the same charge, so everything would probably get repelled from everything else. Okay, guys, getting a little too geeky. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Geek, geek. Calm down. Geek geeks. alert. It's a big explosion. <laughs> there you go. That's better. A little more testosterone. I appreciate it. Let's talk about video games. Anybody playing Halo 2? Oh, you know, I haven't seen that yet. But Half-Life 2. Half-Life 2 came out, too. So I've heard yeah. great things about Half-Life 2, but I limit myself to one game per year per platform. Yeah. Because I actually have to make a living. Yeah, tell me about it. I limit myself to zero because I, I'm so compelled to work all the time. I, I just can't do it. So the only thing I do is I can just read about the games. I play the mindless games that you don't have to like read a book and and take a college class on in order to play and you know then spend hours and hours and hours being bad at it before you can actually get on the chart. I hate those games. I really so you're do. You're talking they about just, like tic tac toe, Carl. What do you? Yeah, mean, yeah, what are you yeah. About? No, no. I'm talking about stuff like Midtown Madness. 
where you just take like a Volkswagen bug and you drive over people and just plow through yeah. the city. And there's no there's no time constraints. When your car dies, you just magically get another one. You could spend like the whole day just mindlessly driving around. That's awesome. That's what because you know I write code like Mark does and like a lot of you guys do, and that's like a big puzzle. And you're like working on that all day or teaching it. When I go home, last thing I want is like, oh god, more more puzzle brain power crap. Yeah, I like you the know? games that are competitive. That way, you got to go and like kill the other guy. Yeah. So it's kind of a you replacement see, but, for the service, I but guess. It takes, <laughs> but it takes a lot of effort to get yeah. good at those games. It yeah. does. Yeah. And, you know, it, we play them at Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a good family thing. See, yeah. when, I, when I'm playing with my son, I was playing like Turok Dinosaur Hunter with him, you know, yeah. where you're going around killing the dinosaurs. And I was, I was trying to explain to him, I say, well, we want to solve, resolve our problems with our words first. So like a dinosaur would come up and I'd say, you know, is everything okay? How do you feel? And then I'd say, then we got to take out, take it off his fucking head right now with the crossbow, you know, because he's getting too close, you know, that kind of thing. So, but I try to, you know, emphasize the solving problems with the words first and then resort to double barreled action, you know. If that doesn't work out. You try to reason with the dinosaur? That's what I'm trying. I try to teach it to my son, you know, so he knows the same thing. I don't want him to go around and just be a psycho. So I, I grew up as a, as a kid who loved violent movies, violent video games, all the violent stuff. I, I love paintball, and, mm-hmm. um, and I, I found that martial arts and military service are the best things to get that out of your system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people grow up violent. I, I, one of the things that really... I think it's counterproductive is trying to get kids to grow up without any reference to violence at all. Oh, they they don't know how to deal with it when they get right. angry. Yeah. So, I, I know, I've seen, I think we've got a whole generation coming up where a bunch of them are going to be, they're going to short circuit when they get mugged or... Mm-hmm. They're a little too passive. Yeah. Hey, man, speaking of short circuiting, you know, Patrick, you told me a story about how you, when you were in the first Gulf War, uh, that you were without uh, certain amenities for a while which I thought was fascinating. How long did you go and what did you have to go without? So when I, I deployed on the 3rd of January in uh, 91 to uh, Dahran in, in Saudi, in, uh, yeah, Saudi Arabia. And I had two weeks where I lived in a tent and we had access to showers. I took like three showers those two weeks. Um, no, actually, I probably took more than that. But, but we had hot meals served indoors and there were latrines, actual places where you could go in and sit out. And uh, all that went away for five and a half months when I went in the desert and uh, during the ground war and the aftermath of the ground war. And um, I got it back again in May. So, Patrick, you can, like, knock on somebody's house and say, hey, could I just use your toilet? Could I sit down on the porcelain for a little bit? <laughs> so we didn't see any houses that were standing for about five months. Oh. I was out in the deep. So if you ever look at a, a map of Saudi Arabia and in, in in Iraq and um, – Kuwait, the older maps show a demilitarized zone that's a big diamond right next to um, Saudi uh, Kuwait. That's an area between, right. it, it's the, on the border between Iraq and Saudi. And I was right in the middle of that diamond out in the middle of the desert. That's where, you, it's, it's where the guys in the planes would be playing cat and mouse with the SAMS missiles and stuff all the time, right? Yeah, we, I mean, we were way out. We Basically, Bedouins and their tents were the only things we saw. Okay. And, you know, I'd, go to, I'd get to go inside a tent for a meeting with the, with the colonel, but I slept outside for five and a half months. I didn't take a shower. You know, of course, you'd take some water and you'd wash up when, as long as there was extra water around. Um, I didn't eat a meal other than what came out of an MRE bag or a, or a, a tin. So where, where was the first toilet you saw after all of this? Oh, 
I mean, you must have been happy to take that dump, man. Oh, I was very happy. Well, you know, you learn you learn how to balance on a shovel. Uh, <laughs> well, like, let me ask you this: like, you're back now. Is that military, you know, training still still in you? Like, do you bring a shovel to the bathroom? Or I'm very happy. I'm, I'm one of the happiest people in bathrooms um, that you will ever meet. I'm very Whoa. grateful. I'm very grateful for bathrooms. Um, I don't camp anymore. I haven't gone camping in in uh, over ten years now. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because I lived in the woods mm-hmm. of Germany. And then, so, well, I was over in Germany. I was stationed in Germany just before I got deployed to the Gulf. And during the three years I was over there, including the Gulf War, I was away from home sleeping outdoors 283 days a year, three years in a row. Wow. That was my average. So I haven't camped since then. So That's I guess I'm, I haven't upheld the military spirit. And you have, you have kids, right, Patrick? Yeah, two daughters. So so they're like, hey, let's go camping, Daddy. And you're like, you know, we're not going fucking camping, so, kids. <laughs> yeah, I find that teenage girls don't do that very often. Yeah. My um, wife hates fact, camping. Never. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, you know, camping is, can we go to a, uh, a hotel up in Vermont? <laughs> yeah. Can we go to New York City and shop, Daddy? Yeah. <laughs> My wife was playing cards with us once, and then somebody mentioned the word camping, and she practically threw her cards, like, across the room just like you just jolted her so bad you know camping wah she just freaked so, out i mean like saying cannibalism yeah yeah it's like one of those buzz hot words you know like crack was in the 80s when you say crack to somebody they just freak out you know my dad was a kid in uh, like one of the 1930s and he was out with his boy scout troops and they somehow got lost for 8 days and the only thing they had to eat on the, the during the whole time was rice and my dad will not eat rice to this day, and he's like 82 <laughs> years old. Yeah. Yeah, hey, it has that effect. He will not eat it. When I got back from the Gulf War, the big thing I guess I missed was eating, and I gained a ton of weight. I went from 163 when I got back to uh, over 200. I gained wow. 40 pounds just of pounding it on in six months. That was like on C's candy or what? Uh, it was everything. <laughs> I mean, turkey and and everybody was willing to feed me because I'd been gone. Right. And actually, I looked. I was pretty damn thin when I got back. Too thin. But um, I, I noticed that uh, that was the thing that I probably missed the most was good food. So I'm Pat, a alcoholic too, so that didn't help. Pat, let me ask you this, and and I'm sorry if this is a you know sort of an abrupt question, but sure, you seem to me to be a very level-headed, very calm guy. Even recounting stories of incredible incredibly stressful situations and stuff. You seem to be very calm and well-adjusted. Yeah. What was the most afraid you ever have been in your life? So during during the Gulf War, my platoon, my, my battalion overran a Republican Guards rifle regiment, and we were effectively surrounded by that. This is the first Gulf War, right? Yeah. George Herbert Walker Bush's war. Yep. Which I was a big fan of because he did what he said he was going to do. We went in, liberated Kuwait, and we got the hell out. Right. Um, so we, my my battalion, overran a Republican Guards rifle regiment, which meant we were pretty much surrounded by the enemy, even though we had gutted them. They were still operational, and it was a Republican Guards unit. Yeah, and so they weren't surrendering. They weren't like throwing flowers at us. They were yeah. attacking and dying to the last man. Yeah. So the unit. To my front was my was Bradley uh, was uh, B Company and a friends of mine and they were fighting a bit to the right, I mean to the left of us and to the front. And um, I started getting reports from my squad leaders that we had enemy coming in from the flank directly to our left, and and that didn't make sense because it was a tank company that was right to our left um, that was assigned to us and. Uh, 
I kept, told him to verify that we had friendlies on the ground and that it was, you know, probably friendlies from rival companies that they were seeing. And I kept getting, I got a couple more reports. And so I turned to my driver and I said, they're crazy. That's, that's got to be Bravo or, or Delta Tank or, or somebody. Yeah. And he said the tanks hadn't kept up. They were about two miles behind us. And so here I am, you know, trying to figure out what to do. And I don't know whether I'm going to give the order that's going to kill a bunch of guys so you, in my unit or choke and wait too long and end up getting all my guys killed. So you really didn't know if the tanks were yours or theirs? They weren't tanks. They were infantry moving on our flank. Oh, okay. I made the assumption that they were, they couldn't be infantry there since there was a tank company there. But, um, wow. you know, we had been moving pretty fast and, and the tank company hadn't kept up. They hit a bunker complex and had, you know, basically deal with it. So, um, who are the guys that are responsible for keeping track of where everybody is? What do they use? Satellites? Do they use helicopters? Do they use radios? What so do they back do? Back there in the Gulf War, it was, you see who you can see and you talk to each other. There was no special technology or, I mean, nowadays it's, it's all changed. It's all better. Yeah, Joint Stars came out of the Gulf War, right? That whole managing and mapping system came from that. What would you say, Richard? Joint Stars is this, is this system that interfaces GPS and satellite with uh, aircraft that are like AWACS, but they're designed to coordinate ground control. Oh. And, and that, but that only came about uh, from the Gulf War. They were developing it during it, but, you know... There's not a whole lot of difference between the situation Pat was in then and, and the guys who were in World War II. They had radios. Right. right. Now, my unit had 60 combat vehicles and two GPSs. <laughs> and they <laughs> wow. were brand spanking new. The colonel, the battalion commander had a GPS, and the scout platoon leader had a GPS. That was it. Jeez. <laughs> because I had a Loran, which is a ship navigation system. Yep. And and the only reason I had it is because I ran the mortar platoon during the war. Mm-hmm. My my two jobs during the Gulf War for my unit was uh, was an infantry battalion. Was training the snipers because I was on the rifle team at West Point, my first year there, and um, I was the mortar platoon leader. Mm-hmm. But but to be honest with you, that's probably the scariest thing I've ever done is because uh-huh. it wasn't the battle that we had a firefight after that that lasted for five or ten minutes with the Republican Guards infantry platoon. And that was, you know, adrenaline and battle and you're ready for it. And I had 40 guys on my side and, you know, we, we, we won that easily. But um, the decision on whether or not I was going to kill Americans by accident or let my guys get killed through indecision was the worst. Wow. You know, Patrick, that's a, that's a great training exercise that I think our guys should go through. You know, put them in that situation where they don't have enough information to make that decision. And, yeah, yeah, and and teach them out what it's like. Well, you yeah. obviously made the right decision. Um, I gave the order to fire, um, just as the enemy fired on us. Okay. So I, 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 I go to the runner. So I guess I did okay. But we, I, I was the only one who got um, any kind of injury from that, and that wasn't major. So you got injured? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Nothing, nothing too big. I lost some hearing in one ear. Oh. Um, but, but nobody, I mean, nobody took around, nobody, the vehicles got peppered really bad. They didn't have night vision yeah. and we did on yeah. a moonless night. Wow. That helped out a little bit. Oh yeah. And plus, you know, the, at that time, at that point, the oil well fires were burning. So that was, All right. that was obscuring some of the sky as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about that. That was probably the worst 
moment. Thanks for bringing that up, Carl. I appreciate it. Well, no, I'm I'm just curious. I mean, no, that was good. I, I'm you know, it's actually some, it's cathartic. When I got back, I was actually. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned how adjusted I am and how well attuned I am. One, one of the things, I, you go through psychology, when you get back and you get discharged, they want you to do a, an exit interview and, and yeah. talk to them and all that. When right. I got out of the service, right. they said that I had severe post-traumatic stress disorder, but I had a very good support mechanism. My family was very close. My yeah. wife and I got along very well. Yeah. You know, I, was, I had hobbies, things like that, and it just helped me cope. Yeah. You know, Patrick, whenever they tell me I've got severe post-traumatic stress, I just say, fuck you, man. Fuck <laughs> yeah. you. What, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. Yeah, you slash yourself on the thigh and say, until the pain goes away. Yeah, yeah I'd be like, you. Yeah, I bet you weren't expecting that, huh? Blood, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, damn, I meant to juggle those, sir. <laughs> yeah, really. No, I, I, and I was actually surprised by that diagnosis, but, but I've, you know, adjusted and dealt with it. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. My nephew's going back over in about a month. He was over during uh, the second, during the liberation of um, Baghdad in the, with the 1st Marines Division. Yeah. So he's going back over for a second rotation in about a month. Wow. wow. But my family's always had a, a pretty good military tradition. My grandfather fought for the English in World War II in the Irish Brigades. My, I mean, World War One. My father was in World War Two. In the Pacific, my brother was in during Vietnam, but but ended up with orders to Germany because they withdrew troops, mm. and then I was in the Gulf. Well, listen, on behalf of the uh, poor slobs like us who stayed home and watched it on TV, thank you for your service. Oh, no problem. Um, I, I I really kind of miss a lot of it, and the only thing that I'd like to see is is I'd like to see the government get its head out of its ass and tell people that they really can help by saving fuel and yeah. and and getting us off the uh, the crack. That is oil. They're just afraid to say anything that will damage their chances of getting reelected. But, but they're so wrong. It, I mean, it would it would do it would help the morale so much that I think it would have been an easy yeah. an easier win for either side if they just pulled that out. You know, I, I think it's such a great point, Patrick, and it's like the first time I've heard it. But I I actually feel really I, I I'm very strongly connected with what you just said. I think it's absolutely right that they do need to do that. Um, yeah, I agree. So but, I bring Mondays know, down? Uh, no, no, no. The problem is... The pro- <laughs> That's all right. Guys, can, I need to go to talk to my therapist. I'm going to be right back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go cry. <laughs> I got to go to the back about, room just in case. We're all about bringing the level down anyway. But no, I. you know, the thing is with these politicians, you know, it, it really does take um, somebody of a strong character and somebody who has leadership ability. And I'm not talking about the ability to be, you know, a kick-ass war hero president. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody that the the population looks up to and will follow. And, you know, it's pretty obvious from this last election that there's only half of the people, the voting public in this country, believe that and will will follow this guy. And, and, and a lot of people voted against somebody. Yeah. A lot of Most people, people voted, don't vote for, they vote against. That's right. That's right. So it's just as much of a protest vote as it is on both sides. Right. And so, you know, what what you what we're really really looking for is somebody that we can trust their judgment and you know and 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 say, look, this is what we got to do and and here are some cases in the in the past in history where it has worked and and trust me and we're going to do this thing, you know, and somebody who's got the credibility who isn't who isn't freaking, you know, just in the pocket of every freaking corporation. You know, we made fun of Ralph Nader on the last show. Yeah. But I, as I was doing that bit, and and I listened to like over three hours of Ralph Nader to get that stuff, 
And, you know, the guy makes a lot of sense to me. And, and he speaks his mind. He doesn't let anybody <laughs> bully him. He totally speaks his mind. And, and, you know, the other little voice in the back of my head says, this guy's never going to be president because he makes too much sense. But John McCain might. And, and, and to, be, to talk about somebody on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, um, Wesley Clark might even. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I, I, I have a strong predilection for commander-in-chief to be somebody who's actually served in the military and come under fire. Yeah. Um, and that's just, I don't know. I just think it helps you make the decisions better. I agree. Yeah. But I also think that this country could also use some kind of mandatory service, even if it's the Peace Corps or the U.S. Peace Corps or, mm-hmm. or community service yeah. for 5,000 hours or something yeah. like that. All right, now you're bringing it down, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no fucking way I'm going to do mandatory stuff, man. Because, you know, you know, I'd be there and I'd be doing the thing just like the uh, the guy in Aliens is like, we're fucking surrounded, man. Game over, man. I'm out game here. Over. We're not going to make it. Well, can game we use over. harsh language? Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, game over, man. I'd be like the platoon leader, right? I'd be going, game over, man. Game <laughs> over. I'd run away. <laughs> he did good in the end. Well, listen, Pat, um, I'd like you to stick around and hang out if you could for the rest of the show. And um, right now I'd like to turn it over to, to Mark. But before we do, I'd just like to, th- again, thank you for coming on the show and, and thanks for your service. And, man, what can I say? It was great. Hey, I'm, I'm very honored to be on the show. Thanks a lot. Okay. Well, now we're going to hear from uh, Mark. You've got uh, you've got this list of names that you've been called this week. Are people calling you names? Yeah, this actually happens to me on a pretty regular basis. And I was thinking I could kind of collect these on a weekly basis. You know, the more creative names that I've been called. You know, it's it's re- like here's an example of a name that's I've been called often that's not really creative, and that's asshole. So, like, if you're you know yeah. one of those folks that's kind of pissed at me, um, I w- would encourage you to come up with something a little more creative. Right. So, um, like Sereno de Bergerac did, it, you know. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm what I'm talking about. So for this week, I have I have four names uh, that I've been called this week that are kind of f- fall into this unique. Now the people call these to your face um, or email well, or uh, both? One of them's to my face, and uh, and uh, one of, and the other three are uh, through IM sessions from uh, folks that work for oh. me who are uh, you know apparently pissed <laughs> off that I'm pushing them too hard, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so. So what you okay, got? Uh, number one is uh, Dipwad, D-I-P-W-A-D. There's a hyphen between there. <laughs> now, you know, I'm I'm a little bit of an older guy, so this may be something that the kids are all saying, and I just have, you know, totally missed it. But that was uh, wonderfully new to me, Dipwad, uh, followed shortly by Dorkmonger. <laughs> And then, you know... Sounds like something your kids would call you. You're such a dork Yeah, well, monger. that'll happen in a year or two. My, my, my youngest... My son is like five years old, so give him a year or two, and then he'll be like, you know, well, that's just my dork monger dad. you're dad. such a dork See, I, I, I need to look up monger. I'm not even sure what that is, you know. I, I think it's like somebody who covets and holds things close and dear. It sounds a lot like eat, mong. Oh, monge. yeah, like, yeah, it's with an O, though. Eater. M-O-N. At least that's how it was spelled to me. Dork yeah, it's not eater. like manger. It's not like dork manger. That's how you'd say it in France, right? Well, you know, there could be a Latin root there, common well, Yeah, root. so... I don't know. I'm overanalyzing so, dork so, And then number three came from somebody, you know, similar to, you know, who who would go and overanalyze dork monger, and that was a Nerf Herder, obviously from a, a Star Wars fan there. So that's number three. Number four, now there's actually a little bit of a story to number four. Um, I wasn't going to tell this, but it's, a, it's just one of these bizarre, bizarre stories. I was... Uh, sitting at McDonald's uh, eating with uh, my family and uh, um, this black guy comes up and normally I won't tell you the race of somebody because it you know, doesn't really matter. But in this story, it actually uh, adds a bit to the story. Uh, uh, black guy comes up to us and we're sitting, you know, whole family's there. 
And uh, yeah, at McDonald's, lunchtime, a lot of people there. And he says, uh, excuse me, could I get some money? Do you have any money, spare change? And uh, I said no. And he said, well, fuck you, you white cracker. Really loud. And <laughs> I was my, – my wife was totally shocked and pissed off and I was laughing my ass off because I was thinking, what a great story. Nobody's ever called me a white cracker before, you know? As opposed to a black cracker well, or cause, a cause green I'm, cracker. you know, a black guy. You know, I'm a black man. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for, for somebody to come along and call me that, it was, it was pretty yeah. surprising. Anyway, uh, <laughs> my wife was all upset and uh, she, uh, she, she saw him harassing somebody else. She goes up and uh, she points her finger at him. Oh, and the other funny thing is the guy had a um, – uh, I'm not sure if this is terribly funny or not, but he had a he had a uh, it looked like one of these trachea breathing tubes, but oh. I think it was just like a, a a red cap from an orange juice kind of thing strapped on <laughs> with a rubber band. Get sympathy, <laughs> you know. And so she's she's she goes up to him and she's pointing her finger at him and she's saying, you know, you can ask for money, but you can't swear in front of the kids like this. But she's pointing her finger like inches away from his throat tube or you know his faux throat tube. Like she's gonna. And I think he was afraid she was gonna plug him, you know, keep him from breathing. Oh God. So so anyway, that was the um, that was the uh, the number four white cracker. That's awesome. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of weird, and we were speaking of weird. We were. Let's talk to Mr. Kirk Webb, see what he's got on tap for us for the Weird Wide Web. This is a a segment in which our own Kirk Webb finds the weird, the wacky, the wild... The, the offensive. sometimes offensive. <laughs> no, not too bad. Uh, my uh, my first is uh, you know I I have to slowly wean myself off the offensive stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. And this one's not too bad. This is not too bad. This is shrinkster dot com forward slash two nine s as in Sam. And this is uh, whenever it decides to come up. Shrinkster dot com slash two nine s. S is in Sam. S is in Sam. And it is Agony's homepage. And it looks like a hamster. Hamster my, porn. Hamster porn. Hamps, oh my god. It's hamsters <laughs> having sex. <laughs> Come on. That's they're cute. Funny. They're fuzzy. They're lovable. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I had to slow me, you know, I I had to slowly win myself off porn. You understand? Uh, okay, that is funny. Now the fifth one down. If you look like uh, like the fourth or fifth one down, you look at the you know the the receiving hamster, Four, the five, face eight. on this little hamster. Okay, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, wait, what what is this again? Shrinkster dot what? Shrinkster dot com forward slash two nine s as in Sam. Two nine s. Oh God! Some guy has a hamster website. Basically, you know, life is just funny. Let's just face it. You know. This is this is this no, is this nature in all its glory, and it's funny as hell. <laughs> Guys, you know I just had this great idea. This is going to be the mascot that I need for my install buddy <laughs> application. <laughs> look, he's installing right now. Oh, Kirk, that's great. Isn't that awful? That was also provided to me by a loyal Weird Wide Web listener. Well, they're paying great. these hamsters for this performance, right? They are. They are, and, and no, no hamsters were hurt in the making of this production. Do you suppose these hamsters using protection? <laughs> I doubt it, because if you follow the uh, the website along, you, you see the baby hamsters. So, uh, Is that a strap-on one of these is wearing? <laughs> it looks like a strap-on. My it. God. <laughs> all right. All right. You Wonderful. know, that's offensive. 
No, it's not. That's good. <laughs> What's next? Okay. What we have next here is uh, Shrinkster. Now, I'm a big fan of toilet humor as well. Okay. Shrinkster.com forward slash 29W. 29W. Okay. And this is kind of a toy boy thing as well. <laughs> Robo dump 1 This right. is, if you scroll down, you see the pictures. Okay. It looks like a guy, you know, a couple of legs. You, you basically buy this device. Sweet. If you scroll all the way down, you see the, the, the actual device here. It's a, it's a piece of wood with an MP3 player and speakers and batteries and the guy's legs. Oh, and if you no. have time to download that sample, uh, the smaller one at the top, it's just sounds of a guy grunting. and, and uh, it, I'm like, What is the practical application of this? <laughs> to, to put it into a, 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 you know, a toilet and, and, and it sit it there for... It's an hour and a half. The MP3 player plays until the battery runs out. I, I want What's two that? of these in stereo, man. I'm going to fill up the, all the stalls with these things. This is awesome. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yeah, you, you do it in, 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 your, in your company, and then everybody's like, God, who's in there? Who's in there for six hours? Do, do they you have know, a ladies model of this? I don't know, and actually you know, it, I'm a little frightened by it. It actually request. reminds me of a practical joke that I played once. Uh, my mother was throwing a, a dinner party for – a bunch of people that are involved in this early music festival. So these are like Connecticut musicians who are like in the sort of very clicky, very yes, instruments that are very difficult to play. And she sort of puts them up and, and they're really cool people. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so she was having a dinner party and and I excused myself and I, during the dinner and I went to the bathroom and the bathroom is right around the corner from the dining room. And in the <laughs> bathroom, I had a gallon jug of water. Oh, no. And I opened up the toilet and very, very slowly, slowly. poured the water in, just going, <laughs> and it took five minutes, you know, and <laughs> halfway through, I stopped, and I could just hear everybody's forks going down and looking and, and pausing and waiting. Like, is he finally done? And then I just went, go again. and started back again. <laughs> and the whole thing took like seven or eight minutes. That's cool. And I got back out and I just sat woo. down woo, and looked around at their faces. <laughs> yeah. Wow, man. That's fun. That was that funny. That is sweet, man. Now, I don't care who you are. That's funny. That's great. Uh, oh, well. All right. All right. All right. Enough the bathroom here. Enough about Robert Dump. Okay. Now, I was wondering how many people actually, uh, loyal, loyal listeners here, uh, have ever really wondered – what it takes and what the proper procedures are to transport a uh, human brain. Okay. So I, I found out I at shrinkster.com forward slash 29Z as in zebra uh-huh. or Zulu. Actually, Pat's gone. So zebra's fine. Okay. And this is what you need to transport a human brain. This is from the New York Brain Bank at Columbia University. Is this true? Two clean dry Ziploc plastic bags, a plastic bucket with a uh, is this tightly real? fitting lid, some dry eyes. This is real? Yeah. See, just I just use the creepy. bucket. Yeah, I just use the bucket and, and, and some Kool-Aid. Like maybe a double-gallon, you know, freezer Ziploc. Mm-hmm. That might be it. Ouch. That's, I don't know that's if there's an creepy. actual brain in there. I don't think but, so. Uh, it's too red. Looks like a pile of hamburger. <laughs> yeah, it's too red. When I was a kid, I went in, uh, I did a field trip with my dad to go see a brain. I was really young, like, I don't know, like eight years old or something like that at the University of Washington. The guy brings out a brain and sticks it on the table, and me and my buddy from school are like, oh, cool. And my dad's like, ugh, and he's backing up. But I can tell you, it's too red, man. The, mm. the brain is, uh, it's a lot grayer. It's gray. Now, I think this is a fresh brain, you know. Mm, brand after new. They, after they sat in formaldehyde for a So the guy ripped it out just for the photo. Yeah, so? just <laughs> brand new. I, I, yeah, I think when they get a little older, they gray up a bit. Um, <laughs> Richard's an expert on ripping out brains. 
You you want a brain story? I'll give you a brain story. Okay. Please. You ready for this? Yeah. So, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy. Okay. So, I was about 10 years old, and my buddy Tom, who's about 10 years old, was a pretty smart guy, too. So, the two smart guys are hanging out with each other. And it's gym class, and we're playing golf. sounds like golf. you became gay or something. What is this story? Where are something we going, like man? <laughs> <laughs> we're playing golf with croquet sticks and wiffle balls. Uh-huh. It, this is gym class. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, in one of my more brilliant moments, I decide to stand directly to the left of Tom while he's about to swing. Ouch. So he completes his swing, comes up, smacks me across the forehead with the croquet stick. Oh. Well, he hit me so hard, he'd split my, my, the skin open on my head a good three or four inches. Wow. And a little Ow. piece of fat that was inside the, you know, the, the thin layer on your forehead popped out and hung down on my face. <sighs> oh, oh, no. So Tom was pretty well convinced that he'd smash my brains in at that point. <laughs> And the last thing that I remember was seeing him run away screaming as I fainted, which didn't help matters. That is so great. Funny. What a friend. So they take me back to the nurse's office, and I'm, I don't remember any of this. I had a concussion. I, have, I lost the whole week. Wow. Wow. But apparently, just as they'd finished cleaning me up and the nurse had come to the conclusion that was just a chunk of fat, she cut it off as Tom oh walked in God. the room. Oh. <laughs> Tom is still scarred. He's oh in a home God. now, isn't he? They pretty much haven't seen him since, actually. <laughs> yeah. oh, so do you, really, do you really have fat, He's still, sitting in a really corner have fat protecting your brain? Is that like a normal thing or is this like an alien thing? No, no, no. It's just inside your skin. That's yeah, all. just the, the the subcutaneous fat underneath your skin there. So, yeah. like, was this nurse qualified to actually cut the <laughs> brain fat? Dude, I, I can't even remember who she was. I had no memory of that whole week. She's like, well, let's just reach in the drawer and break, break out the brain fat cutting scissors, you know? <laughs> um, so, uh, where's the brain fat now? I I kept it in my pocket. It's <laughs> <laughs> in a plastic pocket, bucket, man. Yeah, good for you. Some refrigerator packs. <laughs> the next memory I have after seeing Tom run away is like more than a week later I and I've discovered that this welt on my head squirts black goo that I could shoot at girls. So I'm pretty happy about the whole thing. Neat. Oh, dear God. I, I, I literally am missing the whole week. I have no idea. No, my next memory was my senior year in college. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Wait a second. <laughs> where, did, where did those all those years See, go? See, I remember everything up to my uh, <laughs> my first year in college, and then I it's all a blank. Blacked out. Yeah, 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 yeah me too. My, mine was like the up until like my second year in the Navy, and then I don't remember anything until I got through with school. Yeah. Eh, well. I, I don't have a similar story. I don't. I have not lost significant amounts of time in my life. I don't really remember them, but I don't ever remember not remembering. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know okay. exactly what you mean, man. I, I just like know that my blackouts are followed by, uh, you know, this, this distinct feeling that I've been probed in my rear end. Yeah. Uh, many times I've woken up on the side of the street with an asshole like a Lincoln Tunnel and a knot on my head. <laughs> if I had a nickel every time that happened. What? What? I hear you, man. <laughs> I feel your pain. <laughs> anyway, last one. Shrinkster.com forward slash 29X. And Rich, this is for you. We're coming to see you. That's 29X. Oh, man. This is the mass exodus to Canada. These are the things you should know when all us Democrats that are sorely pissed off that all right. this one yeah, yeah. want to go to Canada to live forever. <laughs> These are 10 things you should know. No, it says 10 things you have to fucking know. That's <laughs> what it Before says. you get to Canada. <laughs> Number one. Shall I read them? Please. Number one. This is the Canadian flag. Familiarize yourself with it and its meaning. 
The color red is for the Communist Party. <laughs> and the leaf is for tree huggers. So all Canadians are socialist hippies. <laughs> awesome. Rich is not laughing. Uh-oh. <laughs> is it? Number two. This is a map of your new country. Any place worth going is located near the U.S. Take note of all the names of the provinces such as None of it and Saskatchewan. There will be a spelling test later, and failure equals death. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That's great. I love number three, man. Get used to the cold weather, you pussy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it snows an average of 3,765 3, meters a year. Yikes. So I take it this is from a Canadian who does not want blue state migration uh, to occur. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but it's Ooh. pretty funny. Lever seven, this is your currency. You should note that the money points out some of Canada's most favorite things. Canadians. Did I just say Canadians? Can what am I George Bush? Canada's most favorite things. Beaver and marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> also note the number one also note that one Canadian dollar equals about three hundred American dollars, so don't freak out when it costs you a grand to fill up your tank. That's great. That's excellent. Oh uh, well, that's funny. And that's that. Utterly amazing. Thanks, Kirk. That was awesome. Horrible. And well, here again is the Illuminati from Ontario, Canada with a song called Lay Low.
And again, that was The Illuminati. You can get them online at www.theilluminati.net. That's T-H-E-I-L-L-U-M-I-N-A-T-I dot net. Well, Richard, that leaves us with you. It's Richard the Toy Boy. So this is called Richard the Toy Boy. Richard Campbell likes to go out on the internet and find toys. Some of the toys are good, and some of the toys are a bit questionable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we're all geeks, so these are usually geek-oriented, nerd, technology-oriented toys, or even just over-the-top guy stuff, right? Definitely. Yeah. So, and, I, and, I, and I decided because, you know, new show and all, and we're trying to de-geek a little bit, I thought I'd go a little, you know, more, more uh, you know, non-programmer uh approachable toys although eh, it's gonna be a little techie let's face it any good okay. toy has batteries at true. least <laughs> true <laughs> i'm not gonna touch that <laughs> so sorry go ahead sick 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 <laughs> all right should we start with the good toy sure and i'll tell you the other thing i i picked two toys that are related to each other today's topic is desks desks because everybody needs a desk everybody does Yes. So we got a good desk and we got a bad desk. All right. And it's tough for me to choose which one to start with because when I went for the good desk, I went for the most over-the-top desk that I could possibly find. I mean, a desk so outrageous, not even I am willing to own one. <laughs> okay. okay? Wow. Like this desk, it's out there. So you just got to go look at it. All right. Okay? And let's go over some of the features of this desk because I'm going to send you directly to the brochure. Okay. So shrinkster.com slash two A's in alpha five. All right, I'm on my way there. All right. We should have a little shrinkster traveling music, you know? Yes. Oh, we're sitting this around. is the desk of Dr. Evil. Oh, sweet. Oh, my God. It's a This aura. is Poetic Tech's Aura. Now, wow. this desk includes not just the desk and not just the chair, but its own lighting system, its own HVAC system, and a rotational base that will turn the entire desk assembly 180 degrees. But not, oh, I want this so much. not just turn it quickly. It'll turn it at the exact same rate that the sun moves across the sky. So No, 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 no. Because I'm going to mount a laser on the front of this thing. I need to zap people. <laughs> yeah. the cops when they're breaking Don't in. Worry, there's a fast rotation feature too, Mark. So you can focus well, on you that. Know, I, said the, I said the cops. What I really mean are like the, you know, the secret agents that are trying to stop me. Now the, you know, my plans for total world domination. <laughs> huh. The, you got the brochure, right? It's beautiful. You guys all know about this. I hand out the leaflets about how I'm, you know, taking over the world, right? <laughs> you guys got that? Tip, Mark, tip, Mark, you know that was very funny, but I'm in awe of this desk, and I'm it's over the top. It's awesome. No, I want it's this. Totally this is really top. awesome. The seat is air inflatable and programmable, so you can have different people's seating configurations, and it'll inflate the cushions at different levels for each one of them. Oh my god. Oh man. Now you think about you know here's a Docker Evil angle on this. This is a self-contained office. It has its own lighting, own HVAC, and everything. All you've got to do is have a concrete bunker with power cables and internet connections, and you're done. You just lay down these pods, one beside the other. Wow. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Cryogenic chambers. Great. Now, you gotta, you got to look close at this desk. This is not... There's one reason I cannot own this desk. and Cost, maybe? No. Cost isn't going to be an issue. That, that would never stop me. Come on. I'll sell children <laughs> before I'll give up a toy because of its price. Okay? That is not yes. an issue. 
<laughs> there's one thing wrong with this desk, and you got to know me well enough to really know what's wrong with this desk for me. You got to look close. There isn't a place to put your beer. Yeah, there is a place to put your beer. Okay. And there's even a plug to hook up your Peltier cooler, too. I, I know what it is. I know what it is. It okay. can only hold two monitors, and you have three. No, it'll only hold four monitors, and I have five. Oh, I was close. Oh, you were close. You hit the right button there. Yeah, I just the... got my second monitor today, and I'm just getting used to it. Yeah, no, you know, I, I, this whole four monitor limitation is not enough. Hey, are you I driving those off like of your? That. Are you are you driving all those monitors off of one laptop or no? I drive three of them off one machine, uh-huh. and, and then the and then two singles. Oh, okay, you got the uh, little wireless thing going, right? Or the little. Well, I can't operate on one computer either, network. right? Yeah. I wish they had bigger pictures. Yeah, I know. Me too. I'm like totally trying to to, to get a giant shot of this thing. Yeah. It, this is gorgeous, Richard. Yeah. Hey, am I the toy boy or what? You're you are, just totally you are the toy over the top. You, you totally you you've earned your keep for the week, man. This is That's awesome. awesome. Sweet. All righty. Well, you know. Thanks very much, guys. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute now. <laughs> bad toy. Come on. Come on. What's the bad toy? the bad toy? You want the bad toy? Yeah. Don't be afraid. I'm not afraid. Now, embrace the suck. Two alpha four. Are you ready for this? I'm not sure. Oh. This is a guy <laughs> who made a desk out of Lego. Awesome. Now, not only that, but he made it under contract. He got paid to make a desk out of Lego. It's got working drawers and everything? The drawers work. It's even got a little pop-up door to get your computer cables through. It's a desk in use, apparently, somewhere in Seattle, but not at Microsoft. Wow. Mm-hmm. If you click on the picture in the top right-hand corner, there's a series of photographs of the guy building the thing. Wow. Stunning, man. That's sweet. Wow. Okay. This is an example of people whose childhoods are out of control. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. This guy's trying to make a living making stuff out of Lego. And somebody went and encouraged him and paid him to make this damn desk. Wow. It looks like a nice desk. It is a desk. No, I mean, it looks nice, like like you would want to actually use it. Yeah, except except for the acid trip color scheme. Yeah, it's a yeah, bit much. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's easy to move. And I don't, and just wow. take, you know, you take a little pieces apart and, you know, walk them out and bit by bit. Also, he glued the whole thing together. Oh, the bastard. You know, you know, also the problem is like the desktop is a little bumpy. Yeah. Well, apparently <laughs> right. he, if you read the story, apparently he offered to build it so that the desktop would be smooth and the customer specifically said no. So I suspect this customer has his own Lego he needs to attach to it. Ah. Yeah. What Fox we really should do on. is find out who bought this desk. And ridicule them. And what are they doing well. with it? <laughs> wow. And what is wrong with them? Wow, that's awesome, Richard. Hey, thanks a lot, man. It's Richard the Toy Boy here on Mondays. So, Richard, usually on .NET Rocks anyway, we usually give something away and um, because we had, have sponsors for .NET Rocks. That is usually like a two or three hundred dollar toy that you find, and however, we're in, we have no sponsors yet for Mondays, and you know if we keep showing weird websites, then we may not, but ever have sponsors. But all that aside, what we do have is Mondays coffee mugs. Now these are coffee mugs that are, you know, they're the tall mugs. They hold about two cups, 
And it's got the nice Mondays logo, what Sunday threw up, and it's got the URL so you can proudly advertise for us for free. And in return, we give you a receptacle to drink your favorite beverage out of. And so we would like to give away one of these to a listener who is live listening to us broadcast live. Now, if, you, if you're only downloading the show and you've never heard .NET Rocks or whatever, you don't know what we do here. We allow the public to listen to us as we record the show. <clears throat> and it's not really the show in its published, you know, publishable form. It's raw. And so we have all the screw-ups and all the pausing and all the, you know, waiting for people to, to get ready and get on the phone and sound checks and everything else. And but we have, you know, a, a sort of a steady base of loyal listeners that hangs out in the IRC chat room. And we we offer them an opportunity to to have a, a you know to participate in the contest and to win some swag. So Richard usually finds some sort of treasure hunt that he asks people to go and find on the web, and you know find some little piece of information or whatever, and then email it to us. And uh, the email address is going to be pwop p w o p at franklins.net for this particular contest. And Richard, what do they have to do to win that cup? All righty. It's a treasure hunt, as always. I want you to go searching on the Bad Desk site, and I want to find the name of the item he's building in his spare time but hasn't had time to finish yet. It's in there somewhere. Some unique thing that he's building out of Lego that he hasn't had a chance to finish. So uh, send those answers to pwop at franklins.net. That's P-W-O-P at franklins.net. And guess what? Through the magic of digital audio editing, we have a winner. And the winner is Michael Murphy from Advanced Automation Services in Jacksonville, Florida. It's a Wonderland-themed Mad Hatter playing card, guardsman, etc. You won a a Monday's coffee mug, man. So I got your address. I'll send it to you right away. And uh, congratulations. Awesome indeed. Well, listen, uh, you know what time it is. Oh, no. It's Monday. This is Carl Franklin saying thanks for listening. As always, I'd like to thank Karen Greenwald, Kirk Webb, Rory Blythe, Richard Campbell, Mark Miller, Jeff Maciolik in the sound room, and I'm Carl Franklin saying, have a great week, and we'll see you next Monday.